Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling It's Green here on AM860, The Answer in Portland and WEEU in Pennsylvania and the Golf News Network. I'm your host, JT. Did you ever think about putting on a golf tournament? Well, today we're going to talk to my friend Tom Miletus, who's been the most, let's see, how would I say it, inspirational and instrumental fellow I know that's kept the Portland Classic, which is coming up here next month, its 50th year. Tom has kept it on track for a long time. Um, This segment of Grilling at the Green, by the way, is brought to you by Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and Ben Hogan Golf. Check out Ben Hogan Golf online at benhogangolf.com. New club selections and factory direct sales straight to you. That's benhogangolf.com. Tom, how are you? I've been great, Jeff. Thanks. It's always good to be on the show. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. I know that it's been kind of a, a busy and interesting year putting this tournament on. So I'll ask the obvious question up front. What yeah. what went with the decision to change the venues? Well, um, you know, Jeff, it was a very tough decision to make. Sure. We had to make it all about uh, five weeks ago. Um you know, uh, just, you know, we have a rich history with Columbia Edgewater and uh, a lot of past champions. And, you know, it was very frustrating and disappointing to have to make the decision. But uh, mostly it came down to just kind of the situation uh, around Columbia Edgewater. Uh, you know, as you know, the area has had an mm-hmm. on- ongoing homeless situation. Um, and really, you know, we monitored the situation uh, and the area between uh, Marine Drive and Columbia Boulevard on Northeast 33rd um, was one of the worst encampments uh, that the area has seen. And it just kept getting worse. Um, and that uh, location where they are, that's a parking field that we use for the tournament. Sure. For- yeah. All of our volunteers, sponsors, Golf Channel, everyone. And it just wasn't really conducive um, to be bringing, uh, you know, patrons, players, volunteers um, yeah. uh, through that through that process. So, you know, we, we talked with the city. We did our due diligence. We talked to the course. We talked to the LPGA. And uh, really, it came down to the decision that would probably be best to move. In our discussions with the city, we didn't tell them, hey, you know, we've, we've got to be guaranteed this is cleaned up by tournament time. We just asked their timetable, and they respected where we were coming from. So 
after all that due diligence, we finally made the decision, uh, and we couldn't wait any longer. Uh, we made the decision to go to Oregon Golf Club. Uh, as you know, it's not like uh, changing a venue from the Moda Center to the Coliseum of a volleyball tournament or something. Right. You know, there's a lot of infrastructure we needed, and we were right up against the timeline of being able to execute a great event. So we had to make the decision at that time. No, and I can appreciate that because, uh, you know, I've been covering the tournament for a long time in one form or fashion. And when you drive out there, for folks that aren't familiar with it, if you come up like 33rd Avenue or one of those, um, and you get there between uh, Columbia and like Riverside, it was literally a little homeless city in there at times. And, um, you know, I feel... I feel for those people and that, but you've also got to keep the, you know, the safety and the benefit of the tournament in mind when you're putting on a big event like this. It's, it's a difficult decision. It's very difficult. Well, it was, and it's, uh, you know, we're not pointing the fingers at anyone. Uh, we just, you know, to, to keep a great successful event going on in Portland, um, we just thought it would be best for the move. And, we are, you know, part of our proceeds, uh, we are going to uh, name a charity that deals with homelessness and the whole situation we have around Portland. So, I mean, we're very aware of the problem. Uh, we're very concerned and we want a solution. It's not uh, something you can turn around right away. Right. Like a uh, big cruiser versus a, you know, a small speedboat. Um, you just can't turn it that quick. So hopefully we all get it cleaned up in, in time and we move forward. But uh, for this year's tournament, we're going to be at the Oregon Golf Club. Was this just a, a one-off contract with the Oregon Golf Club, a one-year deal? To... Well, no. When we went to Oregon, as with, as when we went to Pumpkin Ridge, um, you know, uh, back a few years ago when sure. we were there for four years, you know, they did request a three-year uh, commitment, Oregon Golf Club. Um, and we understand and we respected that, and we wanted to grant them that. But uh, either party, TGF or Oregon Golf Club, has the right to opt out after this first year. So who knows what the future is going to br bring. Uh, but there are some options that we do have in moving forward with the Portland Classic for years to come after this one. Well, good. Well, good. And that's just that request to put that, you know, three-year clause in there. That would just be normal, normal for, for any club to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, we respect that. And, uh, you know, they respect our, our, uh, on our end as far as an opt out also, but you know, our, our, our mindset right now is putting together one of the greatest events that we've had and uh, it's in producing a, a, an event of this magnitude at Oregon Golf Club for 2021. And what happens down the road happens, but, you know, we're going to put a great tournament on this year. There you go. A little, little backstory on Tom. Like I told you at the top of the show, Tom's been instrumental in working on the Portland Classic for a long time. How many years have you been working with this, Tom? Well, Jeff, uh, I've been a tournament golf foundation member for over 30 years and i've headed up the organization for the uh last 27 
<laughs> and uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been great. Tournament Golf Foundation and its members over the years have, have been unbelievable. We're all volunteers in, in, in our efforts and putting this on annually. Um, but it's been great uh, over these years. And, Jeff, I, I believe this is going to be my last year before I kind of turn the reins over to TGF 2.0. Um, but you know, the last 50 years have been great, you know, to be able to donate $18 million to local charities, uh, almost 40 million to LBG, LPGA purses, um, has been great. You know, besides, you know, adding a 12 to $13 million economic impact to the area, we've sure. been able to, uh, you know, showcase the Portland area. Uh, 2 million golf fans a year on the golf channel and representing 80 countries. So, you know, not only has it been good for the area, but we've, it's been a great venue to showcase the great Northwest and, and our city of Portland as we move forward. So, you know, a lot of great things, a lot of great years, uh, you know, giving money to charity, it's just been a win-win for everyone. And, Hopefully, it's going to continue for another 50 years. That would be great. You know, I was thinking driving into the studio this morning, this will actually be my 13th year of covering uh, yeah. the Portland Classic. Hey, man, it goes fast. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to say at least 15, but it does go fast. And, uh, you know, some great memories over those last 13 years and for me for the last uh, over 30. But, uh it's been a wonderful event. Oh, yeah. When you think of some of the, the people that you've, you know, you've met and been able to talk to, whether it's players or coaches or caddies or folks, the, <laughs> the, the fans, you know, whatever. There's a lot of great memories uh, and, and doing that. But it's um, there was only one day I wasn't very wasn't very happy. And that was a number of years ago up at pumpkin. Cause we, I think we cracked 105 degrees that day and I was up on the Hill all day. So other than that, it's been perfect. It's been, yeah, that was a hot one. I that, remember that also. Yeah, that was a hot one. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back here on grilling at the green. Talk some more with my friend, Tom Miletus and about the Portland classic right after this, please stay with us. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT here. We'd like to thank the folks over at Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Support this show, Unmatched Quality, Comfort, and Efficiency. You can find them online at GunterWilhelm.com. And here's a something that I know Tom will, will like to hear. Don't forget our friends down at Langdon Farms Grill on every Friday night. They have, they have their prime rib special. Uh, even me being the cowboy cook in my other life, I've gone there a few times and in, indulged in that, and it's quite good. So that's Langdon Farms Grill, Friday night, prime rib special. They also have other, like, regular ribs, barbecue ribs, I think on Tuesday night there. So check it out. If you want to email us, it's very simple. Just info at grillingatthegreen.net. And of course we have Facebook and 
Twitter and all those things. Now let's get back and talk to Tom Miletus. Is your title uh, chairman this year? Uh, well, it's it's chairman slash chairman of the board slash president. There you and, go. Uh, yeah, that's I've had that title for <laughs> a few years <laughs> a now. A few years now. Well, the one thing I got to say, I haven't been around for a little while with TGF folks. There isn't anything those members won't do. And I and when I say that, I, it's with all dignity and honor because I've seen like Stan Kawamoto out there emptying garbage in the morning. You know, if the ground screw missed a garbage can or something, which happens on occasion, Stan's, I've seen him packing water, doing that. I've seen some of your other people. I happen to know Stan because I went to school with his brother. Um, okay. Yeah, like that. But that's always impressed me that all you guys would just grab a cart and whatever was needed and take off and go do it. And I always thought that was that was pretty special, actually. That really showed me the depth of the involvement of TGF yeah. with the tournament. Well, you know, over the years, uh, you know, we we work year round on this uh, event, and uh, you know, in the past, Tournament Golf Foundation, the members, the actual members, have all had responsibilities of you know certain areas, uh, whether it be marshals or scoring or uh, ropes or whatever the case may be, and uh, you know, they all, all have volunteers under them, but. You know, as you know, the best plans on paper, something always comes up. So we are prepared for that. We know that uh, little things will come up during tournament week that aren't really planned or maybe a little speed bump in our path. But, uh, you know, everyone's on board. They all get it. and Whatever has to be done, they all roll up their sleeves and get it done. And uh, it's just part of the makeup of the Tournament Golf Foundation members and their overall commitment they have to the event and uh, just to take care of things as needed. So that's a characteristic of uh, all of our volunteers. And, sure. you know, we're glad they have that attitude. Absolutely. Let's, let's jump back to the, to the golf course for a second here. When you yeah. decided to make the switch, did whoever you work with at, at LPGA, did they have to come back out and start working with the golf course superintendent, excuse me, up at the Oregon Golf Club? I mean, that wasn't a lot of notice uh, as far as preparatory getting the actual course ready. Right. Um, yeah, they did. As soon as we made that decision, obviously, uh, you know, they'd been out to uh, Columbia Edgewater for many years. Sure. Uh, you know, the advanced officials, the advanced staff uh, come out and take a look at it. And, uh, you know, in the past, we haven't really had, uh, I don't want to say the attention to detail out of Columbia Edgewater, but I mean, you know, we've done it there for so many years. There wasn't that much as far as where the tees are, uh, you know, where the pin placements are. Mm -hmm. When we did move to Oregon, um, they did come out. They, you know, they knew about the course. They hadn't really uh, been out there to take a look at the setup. So we've had numerous visits from, uh, um, you know, the advanced officials coming out, the agronomists for the LPGA, getting together uh, with the Oregon Golf Club staff, you know, and just setting things up, certain recommendations. 
which weren't too many uh, in doing things. We took a look at the, uh, you know, the whole layout uh, to make it a little bit more exciting. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the 18th hole at Oregon Golf Club. It's a long par four up uphill. Right. Very tough, long hole. Um, what we have decided is to make that a par five. It's going to be a spectacular hole. Take the tees back up to the uh, black tees, the very back tees. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be uh, a really great par five. You can go for it in two. Uh, there's a huge risk reward there if you do go for it for two. I do know if someone like Alexi Thompson is behind by two on final day and she's on 18, she's going to go for it in two. Sure. So it is reachable. Big risk reward in doing that. Um, and what we're going to do to compensate that is I believe uh, number five, which or number thirteen, which is the par five. We're going to move those tips up, and it's going to play a very good par four. So we're doing everything we can uh, to make it playable for the players. Sure, it will be interesting, JT. That you know, if you take a look at Columbia Edgewater from you know the the how flat it is, the distance. I think that whole course is on sixty five acres. Um, you know, there's not a lot of walking from a green to the next tee. Uh, what you'll find at, at, at uh, Oregon is, uh, you know, it is a hilly course and it is a little bit longer. So that mm -hmm. will be a change. Not anything that not, the players are not used to, but when they come to Portland, they're not really used to something like this. So, um, you know, we're going to have a few shuttles throughout the course, but overall, it's going to be wonderful spectating. Uh, spectator course and uh, you know I think the players uh, between the ropes um, they're going to have a great experience I feel confidence can be well conditioned and uh, we're just moving ahead uh, now and we're on stream and just with course set up and infrastructure set up so um, they have been out and everyone's on board and it's going to be great event well that I'm excited about it we're talking with Tom Melitas here uh from Tournament Golf Foundation, President, Chairman. Uh, if you if you go to the tournament and you know who Tom is, he's there from O Dark Hundred to O Dark Hundred. I'll just put it that way. We're 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 going to take a break. We're going to come back with Tom Melitis and talk more about the upcoming Cambia uh, Portland Classic right after this. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Welcome back here to Grilling on the Green here on AM860, The Answer in Portland and WEEU. Back just outside of Pencil or, uh, Philadelphia in Pennsylvania there. We thank you all for listening. I'd like to thank the folks again at Painted Hills Natural Beef. You know, it's kind of beef like your grandpa used to raise if your grandpa had a farm. It's that quality. It's really good. Uh, it's the way nature intended. You can check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com and also Ben Hogan Golf. Tour quality clubs at a factory direct price right to you. That's BenHoganGolf.com. Like I said, we've been talking with Tom Melitis. 
here it's it's such a big job i think that people you know they they can kind of pay lip service to to say yeah it takes a long time to put on a tournament or any big event but really and i'm and i'm guessing this is what tgf does when the tournament is over you probably have a review uh meeting everybody that's been involved and they review the good, the bad, the, the indifferent, whatever. And then you start right then for the next year and it never lets up. Is that, am I close? Yeah, no, you are very close. Uh, we do like to regroup right after the event, go over hey, what worked, what didn't work, what can we get better on? Um, you know, and also the LPJ, uh, after every event with all the staff that is here, the advanced people, the agronomists, they put out, oh, it's a pretty thick report covering everything that's, uh, that's involved with the tournament from, you know, the tickets to the volunteers area to the caddy to the course. I mean, they have a checklist and a review list that uh, we get uh, as soon as the uh, tournament's over and they get a chance to compile all the pluses and minuses. Uh, we're very fortunate. We've had very few minuses in the past. And over 50 years, you know, you kind of get it figured out. Sure. So, um, it is. I mean, it's an awful lot. I mean, even pre-tournament and things, with the change in venues, you know, Golf Channel comes out and they have uh, four days of broadcast. And it's a new play. It's a new venue for them. So they've got to come up and, figure out where they're going to run lines and they spend a lot of time out here before the tournament. And, uh, you know, again, they go over their whole coverage because if, if it is at Oregon golf club the following year, I mean, it's going to be that much easier, uh, to go around cause they've been through it. It's kind of like, you know, if you have twins at Christmas and you buy them two bikes and you're putting the bike together, <laughs> the bikes together, the first one takes you about, three hours, you know, the second one will take you about a half hour. So, right. Uh, you know, by going through it once, uh, there's a lot of work involved, but after the tournament, we will review every aspect of the tournament to see what we can do better the following year. So it's just part of the deal. It's a 12 month process. Oh, sure. You know, it's interesting, a little sidebar here, Tom. And of course you've seen this many times, like I have as the tournament is and the final group on the final day has teed off and maybe they've played through two or three holes. You can see people and, and there's no danger of a playoff, you know, really uh, you can see like the people from golf channels out there rolling up cable off the first tee, that type of thing. You know, they're, they're uh, you know, they're getting ready to move on to the next one. And it's, it's kind of interesting how they keep in perpetual motion that way. Well, they do. And even, uh, you know, and, and taking down the course and things, of course, we're always obvious that, Hey, there could be uh, a playoff. So let's not do anything, but I think whether it's the golf channel or taking down the course, we're very cognizant of, pay, uh, of <laughs> you know, the play that final day, if there's sure. going to be a playoff or whatever, because, you know, what we have to do is, you know, not only do we have to, for the uh, respect of the Oregon Golf Club and their members, you know, we try and wait as long as we can to start putting up the main structures prior to the tournament. 
but also it goes for right after the tournament. We get going right after that final uh, putt drops of starting to take down the uh, structures and things. So as fast as we can, we can return the course to the members uh, and uh, have them enjoy their course uh, that they have given up for, you know, that the week. So just part of the deal out of respect for the club and the members. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, folks, if you're listening, if you ever get a chance to play on a course that's had an LPGA or a PGA tournament uh, right after the tournament, and you can kind of get a feel for the greens uh, that the pros play on, it's a, it's a really good experience. I'll put it that way. It, you have a newfound respect for like their their putting skills. <laughs> Be- Oh, yeah. Because you can send a ball right by that hole by about 50 feet without even hardly breathing on it, some of them. I can tell you <laughs> I can tell you that from personal experience. <laughs> no, the course is Columbia. Pumpkin was the same way. Riverside was the same way. And I'm sure Oregon is. is you know, come tournament time, those courses and greens are, and tees are, they're superb. Yeah. I mean, in my past and any other, any tournament. I don't care what tour tournament week, you're going to find that course during tournament week, the best it's been all year. Yep. And, uh, you know, they work hard at it and it definitely shows. Oh, absolutely. These, uh, you know, the, the, of course the, the PGA and stuff decides what length of rough, uh, you know, that type of thing. But, uh, it's, it's, it's astounding and amazing to play on them. If you get the chance. Tom, what, out of all the years you've been doing this, what do you think that you've learned the most as a person? Well, I'll tell you what. I've, uh, number one, I, 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 I've learned that, you know, as far as the LPJ and, and, and dealing with them, and, you know, I've, I've learned how great it is to work with our title sponsors over the years. Sure. Um, how understanding they are, meeting their needs, understanding their needs. Um, you know, the volunteers and the charities involved, those people have been just wonderful. I mean, a lot of these charities, and, and we need an awful lot of volunteers, 500 to 800. And, uh, you know, working with those people, I've learned that uh, there are some very, very committed people not only to the game of golf, but uh, to charities. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think, too, um, you know, the players and the LPGA players, what I've really learned is in my 30-plus years of watching these players is, um, you know, the great depth of talent year after year that is becomes very obvious on the tour. Um you know, these young women that come up and are playing and nothing against the more seasoned players. Sure. But I'll tell you what, um, you know, before in the past you used to have a handful, handful full of players that could come and would probably win your event. And now with the great talent that's out there, there's so many new winners. There's so many new faces. It, it's been unbelievable. And, you know, and I think that is, one of the other things I've learned and respected is 
you know, the influence that the Korean players, the Asian players have had on the game and their impact, uh, their commitment, uh, their work ethic. And, you know, this all started back in early 2000 with Sayuri Pak, mm-hmm. the wonderful Hall of Fame Korean that came out. And it's really been very, very enlightening to see and to watch these young players, international players come and be a true, true factor on the tour. So um, that, that, that's that been great. And, and, and I think just a lot of the friendships I've developed with these players, um, I think I'll value for a long, long time. And uh, there's some wonderful people out there. And, you know, a lot of them are outside the ropes right now, let's say. But uh, uh, just some great, great people at the LPGA, uh, you know, past commissioners. This new commissioner will be my seventh commissioner I've worked with. Uh, they've all been wonderful. They've all liked Portland. And uh, it's just been a great experience uh, in seeing this and seeing some of the great champions over the year win. I mean, I think 23 times Hall of Famers have won our event. And some great stories, some great uh, finishes, but you know, I've just really learned to appreciate that aspect of the game and and what these players have really been able to bring uh, to us, the fans. We're going to take another break, and we're going to come back and wrap up the show with Tom Melitas. Talk some more about the Portland Classic right after this. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back here to Grilling at the Green on AM860, The Answer, and WEEU back in uh, Reading, Pennsylvania. Thank you for listening. You can also find the show on all of your different podcast platforms that's usually released about the same day that it airs on the radio. So um, you can do that. We're talking with Tom Miletus, who is the chairman of the board and the president and the guy who has been instrumental in keeping uh, the Portland Classic going for a long, long time. Um, and it's it's always a pleasure to see Tom and talk to Tom and him and his brother Chris also uh, have the honor of presenting Langdon Farms to you. And if you ever get a chance to play that course, I would recommend it very much so. Um, real quickly, Tom, we're right in the middle of, uh, well, today will our time this evening will be the final round in the Olympics. And we've got Nellie Corda, who's been kind of sitting on top of that leaderboard, just knocking its lights out there. And you were talking in the previous segment about the talent of some of these players. Nellie, I think at this point, as we're having this discussion is, you know, four shots ahead, maybe three shots ahead, something like that. But with the talent of these girls behind her, that's not particularly completely safe, <laughs> you know? No, it's uh, it, it really isn't. And I think, you know, it kind of goes back to uh, uh, my statement about, you know, the the breadth of talent that these young ladies have. At any given time, uh, you know, anyone can jump up there and win. Win. I mean, 
you look internationally, and a lot of these majority of those uh, the women playing in the Olympics. I mean, you don't recognize a lot of the names. I mean, if right. you go down the top twenty, there, you take a look. Well, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Well, they're playing on other tours or whatever. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, uh, um, uh, Nelly. I mean, there she's at the top. She's one of the premier players in in the world. Uh, but it's interesting to see how how competitive some of these other players have been throughout the Olympics that are right up there on the leaderboard also. So, um, again, it's just another example of the worldwide talent in, in women's golf that's out there. It's great to see. Here's a little secret for you. I've, my friend Steve, who you know very well, and I, he's my partner in some little ventures here and there, but we've both come to the conclusion that it's kind of more fun to watch women's golf than it is any of the other stuff. And because they tend to hit the fairways more, um, like the Corda sisters and, and some of those, they will take the risk reward shots, but they also don't get themselves in so much trouble all the time, like hitting it 900 yards, you know, a slice or something yeah. like that. It's, it's kind of fun. So it's uh, that's just my opinion, but uh, I think if you ever watch uh, women's golf or you get a chance to come out to the Portland classic, I think you would enjoy it. If you've never seen the ladies play, how can people find out about tickets and stuff, Tom? Well, you can go to portlandclassic.com and um, that's our website. Whether you want uh, to take a look at getting tickets, whether you want to volunteer, whether you want to know just about anything about our tournament, that would be the best place to go. Everything can happen online. And, uh, you know, we're uh, it's updated and everything's ready to go. So if there is interest in any part of the Cambia Portland Classic, then you can go to the portlandclassic.com website and uh, get your uh, questions answered. There you go. Um, are you still in need of volunteers? Is there still space oh, absolutely. for them? Yeah. Yep. Um, I think anytime, and we notice this at Pumpkin Ridge, anytime you move venues, uh, like going from Columbia Edgewater to Oregon, you're going to lose some volunteers. Mm-hmm. What we found when we went out to Pumpkin Ridge is we did lose volunteers from Columbia, but we more than picked it up from, you know, the area around Pumpkin Ridge, Hillsboro, sure. Beaverton, things like that. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, we're kind of witnessing the same situation with the volunteer uh, um, request coming in that we do have some new volunteers and they are from the area of Oregon Golf Club or the surrounding area. So we're going to be fine, but we can always use volunteers and you always have a selection area of, of where you'd like to volunteer. So um, we just try and make it as pleasurable as possible for the volunteers all while offering them to watch some great golf and be around a great event. Well, and they get fed per, fed pretty good too. I can tell you that. Yeah, we're we're feeding them. We've got a we've got a a new we've got a real treat for the volunteers this year. We've got a new area that's uh, sponsored by Cambia, and uh, the volunteers are really going to like it up at Oregon Golf Club this year. 
Folks, we'll be back next week with another edition of Grilling at the Green. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Check out the website, theportlandclassic.com, and we'll see you next week. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.